Have you ever played Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy? I have. Fuck okay. that game. <laughs> Fuck that game. That's a brilliant game. That's it's an absolutely brilliant and horrible yeah. game. That game makes me so mad. When he starts talking to you after you've fallen down a long way, that's yeah. like, oh man, uh, the third. That's that. That's the most common. Like, I'd be I'd be interested to see if that game collects statistics as to how many people quit and never play the game again while he's talking. When everything around us is cultural trash, trash becomes the new medium, the lingua franca of the digital age, and you can build culture out of trash, but only trash culture. B games, B movies. B music, B philosophy. Maybe this is what digital culture is. A monstrous mountain of trash, the ash heap of creativity's fountain. A landfill with everything we ever thought of in it. Grand, infinite, and unsorted. There's 3D models of breakfast, Gen X's fanfic novels, scan magazines, green screen Shia LaBeouf, banned snuff scenes on LiveLeak, Facebook's got lifelike bots with unbranded adverts and candid shots of Kanye and Taylor Swift mashups, car crash epic failed GIFs, Russian dashcam vids, discussions of McRibs, discarded, forgotten, unrecycled, muddled, rotten, untitled. Everything's fresh for about six seconds, until some newer thing beckons and we hit refresh. And there's years of persevering, disappearing into the pile, out of style, out of sight. Let's actually start the podcast here. Uh, it's, uh, my web pages, they're correct. It's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It's the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. We are back to talk about week number three, Green Bay with a 14-12 victory over Tampa Bay. In Tampa Bay, the Packers finally go down and get a road win against the Florida team and against a pretty good Tampa Bay Bucks squad, despite them missing some key personnel in this game. I'm Mike Fleischman. I'm in beautiful South Bend, Indiana, at the uh, headquarters of the Regional Radio Sports Network. Uh, Matt Mellomsetter, he is in Brooklyn. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you? Matt, I am all right. Had a little dinner. Did a conference, non-conference soccer game today, so looking to talk about a little bit of Packer stuff before uh, we start thinking about the soccer game tomorrow. Uh, I had a chance, Matt, to eat at one of the better restaurants in Chicago that I'd not been to yet called Dusex down in Pilsen. I don't know if you ever made it to Dusex, uh-huh. but uh, this is going to be this is my little segment up at the top because I was wondering this uh, earlier in the day. What is your favorite place to eat in Brooklyn, New York? It's a good question. I'm going to expand it to just New York, New York. Okay. Yeah, that's totally fine. Because uh, if I were to say Brooklyn, I'd probably say the little pizza shop around the corner that has four names, a different one on the receipt, a different one on the building, a different one on the oven in the building, and a different one on Google Maps. Um, they're either, they've either planned that really well or they're desperately trying to avoid liability. Don't know. Uh, that's my favorite one in Brooklyn. I really like that place. And it has, I don't, it's called Best Pizza. It's called Bushwick Pizza. It's called Ronald's Pizza. Any of them work. Um, my favorite restaurant in New York that I have been to is called Tokyo Record Bar. Uh, I've heard of the Tokyo Record Bar. Oh man, what a spot! Uh, really great. I I I know the kind of the head server over there, and she she really hooked it up for us. A very expensive meal that we got for next to nothing. Um, 
and man, you you get to go, you get to while you're waiting, you get to pick a song from all their vinyls that they will work into the DJ mix for the night. Um, it's a really tiny place, seats like twelve to eighteen people. Um, really nice kind of prefix little menu. It was it was fantastic. Awesome. I love little spots like that, especially once the uh, once they get a little bit of a reputation and it becomes like a it becomes it just an act of like somewhat a social act that you even got into a place, let alone are sitting down and eating. It's it's since I was in the food industry, that's where I kind of I allow myself to be trendy because it's a language I actually speak, as opposed to a lot of the other other stuff that pretentious people do that I don't have any idea about. I, I love pretentious food experiences, so that's that's always something I keep I keep my eye on because I've been meaning to go to Dusex forever. It was fantastic sort of glorified like german fine dining is what is kind of is what it was billed at but i I found the menu to be a lot just very much american fine dining very sharp good prefix uh really enough inexpensive for prefix stuff so if you're in chicago and you haven't done the prefix at uh, dusex tavern yet definitely recommend that pilsen seems like a neighborhood i need to spend more time in being a south sider and not really being yeah, I, I always wish there was more stuff in my neighborhoods. My only complaint about living down by the airport is that you uh, your options for dinner are tacos and pizza. It's just that kind of neighborhood. And, and some of the stuff I miss out on is that. But that's that's restaurant chat up on top. Uh, I wanted to wanted to do a little restaurant chat because this was a high blood pressure game for uh, for both of us. You you watch the Packers real hard. <laughs> I, I, I know that about you. You live and die by this stuff. Yeah. And so there are a lot of moments in this game where I'm like, oh, Melon Center is dying right now. Oh, yeah, I was. When I when I got my, my job out here in New York, I said, now I just need you to know that it, I'm going to be in a bad mood on some Mondays and perhaps on some Tuesdays and perhaps on some Wednesdays, depending on how bad the loss is. I will also be in the best mood you've ever seen me on most Mondays and most Tuesdays and most Wednesdays. Um. What an ups and downs roller coaster game for for a viewer's emotions. And that those first couple drives, I was thinking, this is this is over. Just wrap it up. Let's get it to 21 nothing and let's call it a day and let's go home. You were counting out touchdown Tom. I was, and I'm I'm very ready to count out touchdown Tom because he didn't play very well. Uh, No, he he hasn't he hasn't played very well all of this year. Um and you know, he was he was he was pretty solid last year. I think he finished second in MVP voting. I thought that was pretty nuts when you looked at you know what Josh Allen was doing and everything. But you know, uh, yeah, I I was ready to count out touchdown Tom, and and he didn't really prove anything against that. You know, I scored a touchdown against a real like prevent Joe Barry defense, uh, and then the Bucks ran the exact play that. The Packers had been practicing for all week, according to the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers claims that he saw what play it was on the Jumbotron. I don't know how much I believe that, uh, you know, cycled into to what 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 they called on the two-point conversion. But real, real, real shocker of a game. Yeah, wild, wild end to a game. The game starts on a Buccaneers field goal. They go 48 yards in 10 plays. Uh, the play that really got them in business was the first play from scrimmage. Uh, Perriman catches the pass for 24 yards, but the drive stalls out at the Green Bay 27. Kenny Clark gets his gets a sack of Tom Brady, the first of three sacks against touchdown Tom 
in this game for the Packers. So Tampa Bay has to settle for a field goal. They would not score a touchdown until that final final play from scrimmage for, for the Buccaneers at the end of the game before the two-point conversion. Pa- Packers answer right back, just walk down the field with a 10-play, 75-yard drive that takes 6.04 off the clock. And the, uh, the play that really got the drive in business was uh, Romeo Dobbs, and he was a big part of this game. 21-yard uh, reception for Dobbs, fumbled at the end, but recovered it at the Tampa Bay 33. And from there, a couple of runs for A.J. Dillon. But then the, uh, the touchdown pass is, uh, is from Rodgers to Dobbs once again. So Romeo Dobbs gets his first touchdown and puts Green Bay up 7-3. to three. Uh, Eight catches for Romeo Dobbs. No receivers or rushers over 100 yards for the Packers. But I tell you what, Dobbs looked very comfortable and was in sync with Aaron Rodgers, and which I love to see in a game where they didn't have Sammy Watkins, who I think is the guy who's looked the most in sync with Rodgers in the early going. Yeah, uh, Romeo Dobbs still leading the the Packers in targets uh, so far this this year. Eight receptions, 73 yards, touchdown. That specific touchdown pass from Rodgers was just a, kind of a master work. Uh, both in, in, in scheming and the throw. I mean, that ball comes out of his hands in sub 1.5 seconds. Uh, he, he catches it like a, like a second baseman turning two off the shotgun snap and just flicks it to Dobbs. Dobbs muscles his way in, barely breaks the plane, but gets in good, good setup with the stack on the right. Oh uh, yeah. I, I, I really liked it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers punt, they go three and out, and then Green Bay right back down the field, 12 plays, 71 yards, 649 off the clock. No real big plays on that drive until the 23-yard pass that uh, Tyler Davis got a nice run after the catch on. Nice to see Davis uh, contributing in this game. And then Alan Lazard, same play that they scored a touchdown on last week. Uh, Greg Olson noticed it in the booth right away, so props to Greg Olson. And Alan Lazard with the hypno move once again, and then the turn inside. Uh, it's such a nice move for Lazard. And I was curious when, you know, you've been a believer in Lazard for forever. So this is maybe the, the wrong question to ask you. But if you're an opposing defense and you've got Lazard in the slot like that and you're in that goal line situation, how do you take that away from the Packers? It's so hard because what the Packers did on both of these is they're essentially running an RPO. Rodgers is going past before he snaps the ball. I don't think he's really reading anybody. He's just reading the pre-snap coverage. But in that situation, when you know they're going RPO, Alan Lazard is such a good blocker. You have to buy whatever he's giving you off the snap. Uh, and last week he scored the touchdown and he fake blocked before he cut in, cut into his, his slant. Uh, this time he didn't really fake a block. He just ran a slant. Uh, but he, he can... He can just do so many things. He's so strong that it's nearly impossible to body him up, body him up and press him at the line of scrimmage. He's quick enough that you know you 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 can't really stick with him in a in a short yard situation. He's just good enough to box you out and catch it over the middle. Hey, the blocking is something that uh, I know Matt Lafleur loves it. We all love it. I saw him set a good block at some point in the course of this game that I don't exactly remember where, but. I'm curious, Alan Lazard, big guy, blocks really well, tall, doesn't really stretch the field on the boundaries very much. 
he's like half of a tight end, really. Yeah, I remember kind of when he was he was first making the roster, there was a lot of discussion about Alan Lazard tight end. Uh didn't end up that way. He's he's been a pretty solid boundary receiver. He's not he's not stretching it down the field by any means, but you know, he had that he had that nice inside out fade. Uh, there was kind of the this play that sealed the game towards the end of the game for the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, converted, I think, their first first down of the second half with that twenty-one yard fade. Um, he's you know he's he's good enough on the boundary that you don't have to move him in. I don't hate using him, kind of on the line like a a smaller tight end. He's he's just a great blocker. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to see him brought a little bit closer to the formation, a little bit more, and. Even as like a decoy type of situation, you bring bring in a package where you got like Mercedes Lewis and Tunyon on on the field, but then all of a sudden like bring out Lazard, see if you can sneak him in where Lewis is lining up. So it looks like a heavy package, but then you've got a guy off line. I don't know. I don't coach football, but it just seems like he's got a unique skill set there. I want to get back to the course of this game. Tampa Bay goes three and out once they get the ball back down 14-3. And then Green Bay gets it back, goes right down the field, and then Aaron Jones loses the ball at the two. Uh, Vita Vea with a big-time play forced it out. Tampa Bay recovers it in the end zone for the touchback. And those are momentum killers because this just completely robbed the Packers of any juice that they had really. And this was still with, uh, with significant time left in the, in the second quarter. And yeah, with two Oh nine left in the second quarter, all of a sudden Tampa Bay gets the ball back and they fumble the ball away and the game starts getting stupid, but all the same, like regardless of Tampa Bay, not getting any points, off of that Green Bay turnover. It was turnovers in the red zone like that. I've seen it in this high school season factor into a game in a pretty big way. They they really, really hurt teams' confidence when that happens. Yeah, and we, we've seen this Packers team kind of crumble when something goes wrong a lot against this Buccaneers squad, against the Niners as well. Uh, and they didn't crumble. You know, the defense stood for the, for the rest of the game. The Bucks really, really struggled to get anything going offensively. Um, the Packers offense really got nothing going the rest of the way. This Aaron Jones fumble is really tough because uh, I think this is one that Rodgers is watching and wanting back. He throws this on the back number of Aaron Jones, so Jones has to turn around kind of to catch it, um, kind of stop, slow his motion down, turn around, catch it. His back's to Vita Vea when he smashes him. Uh, and he loses it. If that's on the front number or out in front of him, I think Jones is sneaking in. Um, and that's, you know, a foot, eight inches difference. Just misses him from being in stride to having having him have to slow down and turn his back to the 300-pound Superman flying at him. It's tough. Vita yeah. Bay also dropping in coverage is an insane call in the yeah. red zone. And I don't know if it worked out, but I don't know how often it does. Yeah. Vita Vea is a player who's escaped any sort of like real, I think nationwide recognition, but boy, he is a monster on that defensive line. He's incredible. Yeah. Great player. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers on their turnover comes with 51 seconds left until halftime. 
looked like a great pickup of 14 yards. Perriman is down at the 26. Uh, Quay Walker knocks the ball out. Darnell Savage recovers it. Nice time to talk about uh, Quay Walker. I think he had five tackles as well as that forced fumble in this game. Three weeks of Quay Walker and him playing next to Devondre Campbell, yielding some really strong results. He looks very good. Yeah, he looked he look great. Yeah, five tackles, three solo, uh, fourth on the team in tackles this week. He's just been really good, and I there's a few occasions where they used him as a pass rusher, which we haven't really seen a ton uh, yet this year. The pass rusher was getting home. Tom Brady was just getting the ball out quick. You know, it's it's what he's really good at. Uh, but Quay Walker looked effective as a pass rusher as well, which is something we hadn't seen yet this year. Packers go three and out with 35 seconds left. Pat O'Donnell punts it back, and then Tampa Bay kneels down. We go to halftime up uh, 14 to three, and then the second half nonsense begins. Packers go three and out on the first possession of the second half. Tampa Bay gets the ball back, goes 29 yards, and fumbles this time. It's Gage with the fumble, Nixon with the force, and... It's Jaron Reed recovering it right at midfield, and the Packers immediately go three and out again. Let's talk a little bit about Nixon and the game he's had. Uh, not a guy that we really talked about as being in, in the big-time plans for the Packers in the secondary, but Jair Alexander uh, hurt, hurt his groin, and so Nixon plays a whole lot of this game, and you know it's you take the rough with the smooth, but I thought overall he played well. Yeah, you know, he had that that spurt where like he, he forces the fumble, he catches the punt down at the one. Um, he was third on the team in tackles with seven. He's a good special teamer. Played pretty solid at cornerback. Yeah, shocked me. Really, really surprising to know that that's somebody you can kind of lean on a little bit. No, this this Bucks receiving core wasn't exactly in top form. No, you wouldn't want him out there against, say, like the Los Angeles Rams. No, but, yeah. He seems to be a, a very serviceable fill-in third cornerback. That's nice to have. Packers off the fumble recovery do absolutely nothing, punt the ball away. So Tampa Bay gets it back, does absolutely nothing. They punt the ball away. And then Green Bay immediately throws an interception. This was a stupid throw. This is not not the throw you want to see over the middle for, for Rodgers. This is the one where I was like, what are we doing? What's happening here? Yeah, that one that one was kind of bozo. I was watching trying to watch the replay and see what's Rogers seeing. You know, the on the, the broadcast, they're kind of cutting off where he's throwing to. Tunyon falls, but it didn't matter anyways. Uh Logan Ryan was cutting in before Tunyon, five yards short of Tunyon. There was Rogers straight didn't see him. Uh there's there's no way that Tunyon not falling means this ball is caught. There's not interference. This is just a just missed a guy. Just missed Logan Ryan, who's really, really good. You can't you gotta know where he's at. Yeah, they they pointed it out on the broadcast that this was just a too high safety where the safety on the weak side of the field just drives in to take away the underneath route. And they talked about that in the in the terms of like, oh, it's a disguised coverage. Like, like no driving in from the safety position to play like robber robber on the underneath route. That's not a disguise. That's that's a play you could call in Madden ninety four. Yeah, that's cover one robber. Yeah, congratulations. Here, yeah. Here's your coverage, uh, Greg. You should know this. Uh, yeah. It's something that should have been picked up. That wasn't 
like you say, it wasn't anything special that was disguised. He just he just completely missed him. That gets the Bucks back in. They go twenty yards, forty-five yard field goal for from Ryan Suckup, and then it's fourteen-six and a one-score game. Then the absolutely most amazing series of possessions that has ever happened in the world takes place. Green Bay punts, Tampa Bay punts, Green Bay punts, Tampa Bay punts, Green Bay punts, Tampa Bay punts, Green Bay punts. And that gives Tampa Bay the ball back first down and 10 at their own 11 with three minutes and four seconds left. And Tom Brady goes to work while all of us are experiencing high blood pressure and uh, general anxiety. They go straight down the field, trying to lead, trying to take as much time off as possible to not give the ball back to Rogers. They manage the clock perfectly, a bunch of good play calls until you get to the very end. And all of a sudden the execution starts to fall apart. And it was Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay's execution made sure that the Packers won this game because on a third and goal, Russell Gage catches the touchdown pass yields to a two point conversion attempt. And they line up for the two point conversion and can't get the playoff, which you know, as, as a Packer fan, you learn to be generally frustrated with, with Rodgers and just that general inability to seemingly have the team lined up with more than eight seconds left on the play clock ever, which is, which is an odd kind of thing. But it was nice to see it come back and bite an opponent. I think they, they had a long discussion about whether the actual touchdown pass was also a delay of game. I think it could have been with a quicker referee, but the... Yeah, the delay on the two-point conversion attempt was a bit of a head-scratcher because this is not like a coach decision like, oh, the coach is going for two. It's, you know you have to go for two. Like, as soon as that touchdown pass is caught, like, everyone in the building probably knows what play they're running. I mean, Rogers certainly seemed to, but it's an inexplicable time for that penalty to happen. Yeah, it egregious. I I couldn't understand it, Um, you know, on on the touchdown pass, you know, could have been they they give some leeway on that. It's it's kind of like a beat after it hits mm-hmm. zero zero on the clock when the official looks up. I I was I didn't hate that, but really a shocking from from because of where it comes from. Yeah, it's it's Tom Brady. You gotta you gotta know this. Todd Bowles is, I think, a pretty darn solid coach. We'll see what he does as a head coach. You know, a terrific defensive coordinator. Um, didn't have a great stretch with the Jets back in the day, but it's the Jets. That's tough. But you've got you got three plays that you're running on this. You, you, you call the play and you run it. It certainly looked like the play they were going to run from the two was going to be successful as well. Yeah. That that give to Fournette off the little delay would have would have walked right into the end zone, but instead you move it back to the seven, and then you have to run that little delay out route. I think that was maybe Tom's second read on that play. And you can it's Devondre Campbell making the big time play for the Packers, whatever you're paying this guy, give him a little extra for that one, because yeah. oh, I tell you what, Devondre Campbell is uh, currently well outpacing either of the Smith signings as my favorite contemporary Packer free agent signing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, Devondre Campbell and and Adrian Amos for me. Amos has just been the anchor of this 
secondary for you know three years now. Uh, and, and I think that what we kind of forget about this Devondre Campbell tip, Darnell Savage had it snuffed out no matter what. If that gets yeah. over Devondre Campbell's hand, it's not finding Russell Gage. No, no, Savage had that absolutely, absolutely taken away. The whole defense seemed to understand what was being run at that at that point. That's at least what Rogers claims, but that is that's the ball game after an onside onside kick recovery, which uh, Alan Lazard just falls on it. Another big play for Lazard coming up in this game. That's not the first onside kick I've seen him recover too in that situation. He's a, he's a big part of that hands team, so it's nice to see him getting involved there. A um, couple of things when we come away with a, a 14 to 12 victory on the road, something that we've been watching all season, no special teams mistakes and actually a really, really nice special teams play from Nixon uh, with that, you know, handling, handling a punt in uh, good punt coverage. But other than, I think there was a running into the kicker penalty. It's a short snap back to the punter. That's that's not one of those like backbreaking situations for the Packers, but all the same, like it's now been three games in the special teams. I'm not going to say they're playing great, but they're not fucking up. They're not ruining. Um, you know, the the running into the kicker one's tough because it looked like he was pushed down into the kicker. I couldn't see if it was a Packers guy slamming into him from the back. I think it was Isaiah McDuffie, if I remember correctly. I couldn't see if it was a Packers guy slamming into him from the back or a Bucks guy kind of driving him to the ground. You know, running into the kicker hurts. What hurts the most is the like 35 yard return from Amari Rogers that put them yeah. on Tampa Bay's 38 or something like that. That's the that's the the real killer. Uh that's difficult. Um, but you know, if the one mistake is a and eh, we can't tell if he was pushed down by a buck or not eh, that's fine that's that's not a you'll live with those that's gonna happen here and there yeah you are you're gonna be all right with that special teams have played well enough in the first three games like to see that continue have not seen a lot of mason crosby kicking the ball this year the extra points have gone through the uprights and i believe there's been one field goal attempt through the first three games so not not a lot going on there some overall stats in this game, Aaron Rodgers throws a, a touchdown and two picks, 255 yards on 27 of 35, was sacked once. And that brings me to one thing I wanted to talk about. Yash Nyman and David Bakhtiari kind of platooned this game, went series versus series. Nice to see David Bakhtiari back. And it was nice to see the offensive line uh, back and looking about the way it's supposed to. Yeah, I'm glad to see Bakhtiari back. Yash Nyman, pretty darn good, man. That's just about as good as of a, of a third tackle as you can get in the league. I I don't think they'll push Elton Jenkins interior, like into right guard or anything like that. I think you keep Elton at right, you keep Bucket left once he's healthy, and Yash Nyman's the best third tackle in football. Well, I tell you what, the Packers sure have a knack for developing linemen. It, it seems like something that they've been doing with a good amount of success for quite a while. You think about guys like J.C. Treader went and kind of worked his way up with the Packers, went and got paid with the Cleveland Browns. Um, Lucas Patrick is starting for the Chicago Bears right now. That may not be the 
best compliment I've ever given him, but I, I, I praise that signing from the beginning, but it just seems like Packers linemen tend to, if the Packers don't want to pay them, they tend to end up elsewhere and they tend to get chances elsewhere. It just seems like a lot of guys have come in without a lot of heraldry. I think Elton Jenkins was the most heralded lineman drafted recently by the Packers. And he's been, you know, an absolute star from the minute he walked into the league. But you know, a lot of these guys come in with uh, with some real question marks around him. It just seems like the Packers have the right system for getting those guys going. Yeah, just feels like something you can you can always trust that they'll be good at and they'll have solid depth at. I'm excited to see what they do with you know Zach Tom and and some of these young guys, Royce Newman and and John Runyon Jr. and these guys in their first and second years and see how they develop. Yeah, Runyon played a bit last year. I thought he looked fantastic on the interior of the line. Uh, Rushing the ball, not much of a day. It looked like it was going to be a better day. The first two touchdown drives were really well paced out by Jones and Dylan. Each carries the ball for 12 times. Jones with 36 yards, Dylan with 32 yards. So 25 carries for 67 yards. Uh, The important thing is that Green Bay was playing with the lead and could keep on handing it off and keep on running the time of the clock down. And when you come away with the win, sometimes just that ability to to establish the run and have it work and to be able to play from ahead means that even if you're going three and out, even if you're just getting a first down and then having to punt on your side of the field, like two or three minutes, four minutes plus can come off the clock if you have these guys running the ball. So they were able to do that. Fournette on the other side, 12 carries for 35 yards. I expected a little bit more rush running game from the bucks considering what they were going into the game with that wide receiver. Yeah. They just couldn't get anything going. They're missing so much on the line. Leonard Fournette is not, he's fine, but he's not going to gas you for, for one seventy five or something. He's not going to, he's going to slowly beat you down. And when he's not getting anything going at the start and they don't really have anybody else, you know, like, Leonard Fournette got 12 carries. Rashad Perriman got one carry. And Tom Brady is credited with a th- the only other carry. They, they didn't go anywhere else. It, their best option was to hand it, give it to Tom Brady and let him throw the, the quick game. Yeah. Brady in this game finishes 31 of 42 for 271 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. He was sacked three times. Kenny Clark got one. And... I know Rashawn Gary got one, and I believe Preston Smith got the other one. We'll worry about that later. I think Kenny Clark got two, if I remember correctly. There we go. Uh, let's see. Green Bay, uh, Romeo Dobbs leads the team in catches and yards. Eight catches for 73 yards and a touchdown. He was targeted eight times, caught eight balls. That is a real nice start for Romeo Dobbs. I know he was a preseason hero. I've met a lot of guys who have been preseason heroes. I turned on the TV the other day and I saw Jake Kumaro still in the league. One of my favorite old preseason heroes, but uh, tell you what, Romeo Dobbs looks, looks like the real deal. He was playing in stride and Rod, him and Rogers seem to know where the other one is going to be and where the other one wants to ball. And for a rookie to be able to be in those spots in week three, really like that. Yeah. They were just kind of running, you know, kind of schemed up routes for him. They weren't asking him to win any matchups. They're just saying, hey, you know, run this little run this little dig, hit this spot, uh, take this screen. Simple stuff. And and he's just really good with the ball in his hands. He's quick. He's he's strong for how, how 
thin he is, uh, powered through the guys at the goal line. Yeah, look great. Cobb with a couple of catches. Lazard with four catches in the score. Robert Tunyon quietly caught six balls for 37 yards. Uh, Tyler Davis with a couple of catches. Aaron Jones with a couple of catches. A.J. Dillon, uh, they're still throwing him the ball. A lot of, lot of check downs from Rodgers in this game. It seemed like the, uh, the Bucks kind of had him a little bit confused. On the other side for Tampa Bay, uh, Gage catches 12 balls for 87 yards and the touchdown. Um, I, I fully admit, no idea who Russell Gage is. Did not, uh, didn't have any idea who he was. Of course, you have Mike Evans starts a fight last week against New Orleans, has to serve a one-game suspension. So they're out there with uh, with Russell Gage as the number one wide receiver. And tell you what, he's uh, he's pretty darn good. They paid him a, a good amount of money to come over from Atlanta. Uh, yeah, he's he's solid. Cameron Brait, Perriman, Fournette uh, each have multiple catches in the game. Cole Beasley, they uh, they found this guy. They called up Cole Beasley's cell phone, like, "Hey, uh, Cole Beasley, what are you doing?" And uh, he's he was like, "I'm standing around being short, guys. What do you think I'm doing?" I was uh, going into this game. My one thing was like, "Man, Cole Beasley can't beat us today." Because I think the, uh, the the broadcast really wanted Cole Beasley to factor into this thing more than he did three catches for twelve yards. But uh, yeah, they seem to he seemed to have a little bit of a mascot status when uh, when he was being talked about in pregame, and then just was not a factor. So glad to see that. Never yeah. never like to see Cole Beasley have success. No, I don't even know why. Uh, well, I mean, Tom Brady hopped on his MAGA hotline and said, "Do you have a receiver you can send me?" And they said, "Yeah, yeah we got Cole Beasley." Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm glad he was bad. He sucks. The, He's a the, bad dude. The Tom Brady dial a white guy service. Yeah. Uh, okay. Dial, uh, dial a white anti-vaxxer service. Yeah, that too. Uh, that's why I've got bad vibes around him. Yeah. Hey, uh, the vaccines are good, people. There's huge advancements in human history based off this science. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I think we all know that. Uh, two fumbles one loss for the packers three fumbles two lost for the tampa bay buccaneers uh three turnovers for each side in this game this this is one of those games where i think it was just too hot you know that simpson scene where they call up the uh, secret offshore bank account and the guy is like oh it's too hot today after he gives away all the crimes that's that's essentially what was going on down in tampa bay uh, like a 90 plus degree game. And then you're down on a plastic field inside of a bowl full of uh, all, you know, 25,000 your drunkest friends. It gets real, real fucking hot on those fields. So everyone looked like they'd rather be somewhere else. Before we talk about the defense, I, I did have a moment in this game where, you know, watching, watching Tom Brady this year, and you know, this is not a celebrity gossip podcast, but uh I, I, I was informed by my wife that apparently him and Giselle are having some problems. And apparently those problems mainly stem from his inability to retire from the national football league and that he's in a, he's in hot water at home for this. And I just imagine like, you know, last year you unretire and you know, you've got all your buddies around with you and you're hanging out in Tampa and you're, you know, you're the MVP guy and everyone loves you and you're throwing for the most yards of your career. This year, it's just noon on a Sunday, and you're sweating your balls off, and you've got an offensive line made up of spare parts and nobody. Your uh, your best wide receiver has decided to start punching guys on the other team and get suspended. Uh, 
you've got Leonard Fournette as probably the best skill player on the offense next to you. And uh, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's not the best season for Tom Brady, maybe a little bit of regret starting to creep in. We've certainly, certainly seen him looking frustrated, but that is, that's not a man who's looking entirely thrilled with the, the state of his, uh, of his day-to-day job work life right now. No, he might've ruined a marriage to a Brazilian supermodel who is his uh, sugar mama uh, to come back and spite Adam Schefter for leaking his retirement. (laughs) Come on, man. Her, she had a a quote in the article. I skimmed it where she was very upset about having to have moved to Boston. Yeah. If I had to move from Brazil to Boston, I would be pissed as hell too. Uh, yeah. Uh, she she's upset about him doing the football and leaving all of the kids and and family stuff to her. And completely understandable. Tom, you're like 46, man. What do you have to prove? Yeah, for, 45 years old down there in Tampa in 100 degree weather, trying to beat the trying to trying to beat Green Bay. Just getting smacked around, sacked three times by the defense. You were right, by the way. Kenny Clark, two of those sacks for Sean Gary without one of the sacks. So Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary now have something in common with my buddy Antoine, who also has sacked Tom Brady in, in this, this one, one life that we lead here. Devondre Campbell, 14 tackles, eight of them solo, a tackle for loss, and the tip on the play that sealed the game for the Packers. Uh, Douglas, eight tackles in this game. Nixon with the six tackles, like you talked about. Quay Walker. Played well. Two sacks for Kenny Clark. Another game with a sack for Rashawn Gary. Uh, that's a sack in all three games, if I'm counting correctly, for Rashawn Gary. I believe so. What about this Rashawn Gary? Let's talk about him for a minute. When he comes into the Packers organization, that was a head-scratcher draft pick for a lot of people. A lot of people didn't like that one. And for me, it was a matter of, you know, I'm I'm, I'm never going to be the guy who like doesn't like draft picks because – you know, you're talking about like some 21, 22, 23 year old from, from some college that I've never heard of. Like, I'm not going to sit there and go like, Oh, it was a bad idea to pick that guy versus this other guy. Sometimes, you know, if you're talking about position or scheme or fit, maybe those things enter in. But with Rashawn Gary, the, the whole read on him was that he is going to need time to develop. Well, it is year three and he is getting home. Yeah. He's, you know, they, they signed him the same year as, as, they drafted him the same year that they signed the Smith brothers. Uh, not actual brothers, but the Smiths. Uh, and yeah, it, it's taken some time. And man, oh man, is he here. He was here last year. He was incredible last year. Uh, but just as about as good as it gets for Rashawn Gary to start this year as an edge rusher. I saw a stat of, I think, Tom Brady had something like 30 dropbacks where he had to get rid of the ball in under two seconds. Like his average time to throw uh, was like 1.99 seconds. That's insane. That's what he does, but that's a result of the pressure that the Packers are bringing. Yeah. Rashawn Gary has really impressed me. They, the broadcast made a big, big show of pointing out, uh, he made a, a tackle in the run game, looked pretty good coming down the line of scrimmage on the run game. It's not so much in my opinion that he's like a great run player. It's that he defends the run at all as an edge rusher that you like. And you know, if you've got a guy who's an A, a to A plus pass rusher, which Gary is 
close to, who can also be like a C plus to B minus run defender. Like, Ooh, you've got a big time, big time package there. Yeah. The the effort in the run game is, is almost what matters the most here. And he's really good. Amos Lowry, three tackles each on the other side. Didn't really, you know, Tampa Bay's defense played really good as a unit, particularly uh, the seven close to the line of scrimmage. That's a, that's a tough defense. And, you know, Tom Brady, if you're feeling bad now, just, you know, keep going throughout this season, see what this defense is going to do for you because they are pretty darn good. Uh, Mari Rogers had two part returns for 21 yards. Officially, Two extra points made by Mason Crosby. Pat O'Donnell, uh, seven points in this game, five of them inside the 20. Again, Packers punters love the month of September. They don't love the month of, J- of December. So we're, we're going to see about Pat O'Donnell, but maybe this is the guy that, uh, that, that really turns the punting game around for Green Bay. 14 to 12 is the final victory. There's a bunch of other nonsense that happened in the league this week. But before we get on to it, Packers have the New England Patriots at home at Lambeau Field next Sunday. It's the afternoon game at 3.30. Love this matchup for the Packers. Patriots are a little bit down trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, fairly capable on offense and defense. Solid team, good matchup at home for Green Bay. Uh, Mac Jones, I believe he's going to be out with a severe ankle sprain, so it's going to be oh. Ryan Hoyer, uh, whose real first name is Axel. Did you know this? No. Uh, his first real his real first name is Axel. Brian is his second middle name. Why would you go by Brian if your name is Axel? He's smart. He knew how good he was going to be. If his name was Axel Hoyer and he was this average to bad, Everybody would be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Axel Hoyer and you suck? He he was smart. He saw the future. He said, I'm going to be a D-plus to C-minus quarterback. I'm going by Brian. Uh, believe we'll be getting Brian Hoyer starting. They have another guy whose name I forget, and it doesn't matter at all. Uh, Packers should should win this one pretty easily, uh, unless Bill Belichick has something crazy up his his sleeve for Brian Hoyer on offense. I, I just don't think the Patriots are going to get much going. Well, considering Belichick cuts his sleeves off, I'll be interested to see if he does have something up there. But where is it? Way uh, up in the shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bill Belichick has something up his armpit to uh, to show to the Green Bay Packers. Um, yeah, Matt Patricia is back with the Patriots, so they can they can fail as much as they would like. That'd be good for me. That's coming up next week. We'll talk about it next week after it happens. Let's look down. Cleveland beats Pittsburgh. I think the Mitch Trubisky experiment might be coming to an end in uh, Pittsburgh pretty soon. I still, I have no knocks on Mitch Trubisky as a guy. His teammates seem to like him. Coaches seem to like him. He still just can't do the stuff that he couldn't do in Chicago. It looks the same way. Yeah. He's just, he's just not very good. Yeah. He was like a nice guy. He puts he makes some bold throws. Yeah, he's a, he's a bold decision maker. He's not a game manager. He's a guy who plays to win and does it badly. So that uh, and meanwhile, Cleveland looking pretty good with Jacoby Brissett. Of course, they've got a couple of monster running backs there, and not, not a terrible team going on in Cleveland right now. Just a bunch of poor decisions and really questionable, uh, really questionable rod, roster construction on a team that has Deshaun Watson and Kareem Hunt on it, which are. Two guys who probably shouldn't be in the league. Anyway, 
Uh, Chicago beats Houston because Houston is terrible. Justin Fields threw uh, two really stupid interceptions in this game. Chicago still manages to come out with the win because, uh, because what is it, Braxton Mills? Some terrible some terrible quarterback Davis Mills Davis Mills that's yeah. his name Davis Mills also threw two interceptions in this game and so Chicago comes out with comes out with the win good home win for Chicago they're two and one regardless of whether or not they're a good team they're not they're still two and one Tennessee beats Las Vegas the Raiders are oh and three and uh yeah Devontae Adams might be I don't know. I mean, he might be enjoying those paychecks enough to where zero and three doesn't really matter. But uh, yeah, tough to see. And uh, D- Devontae Adams five catches for thirty six yards and a touchdown in that game. So you know, not only are they losing, but they're not using him. No, uh, Josh McDaniels. He's just maybe he's just really bad. Have we yeah. thought about that? Has that like crossed the minds of 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 people? Maybe he's just really 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 yeah. catastrophically bad i don't know how you misuse Devonte adams i really don't yeah you've got you've got like a decade of footage of him being uh, a top five wide receiver in the league and a lot of the throws to him are not exactly high degree of difficulty throws little swings little rub screens uh, all this sort of stuff that you know there's no reason why adams should not be catching 10 balls a game and doing stuff over there. You line them up anywhere. Smartest wide receiver that I think the Packers have ever had on their roster. Uh, yeah, they can't, can't misuse him like that. It's a crime. Uh, Indianapolis beats Kansas City. Nice win for the Colts. I was waiting for them to get get right a little bit. And getting a home win against Kansas City is a good way to get that done. Yeah, that's 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 a good win for them. Uh, I wasn't expecting it. The Colts, they should be all right. They're not going to be a Super Bowl contender. They're going to straighten things out. I mean... One one and one to start the year. That's about as as even keel as you can get. I think they'll, I think they'll win eight eight games or so, eight that, or nine games. Yeah. That loss last week was uh, was super poor. So a lot of people were just expecting them to, just hoping that they could bounce back against Kansas City. But they pull off the win. That's good. Miami beats Buffalo. Mike McDaniel's got some working down there. I mean, I've liked Miami from the beginning. I anticipated that they'd be fun, but in addition to fun, they're also playing really well. Yeah, well, I mean, the butt punt is about as fun as it gets. <laughs> they also won, but the butt punt, ah, come on. That's a win in my book. Yeah, that's, I mean, like, football is a score in which, which butts come into play. Um, so, yeah, we've had a butt fumble, which is the only reason that any of us will ever remember Mark Sanchez. I believe he's on TV, actually, but now we have the butt punt which uh, another another good way of doing that. Minnesota scores 14 unanswered in the fourth quarter to beat Detroit, 28-24. You've got something before that, though. Before we get off of the topic of Mark Sanchez, I do just want to bring up that I think it was last week or two weeks ago, he said on a, on a broadcast something along the lines of he got rid of that quicker than a teenager clears his browsing history. Like That is a, that is a uh, tavern uh, turn of phrase right there. <laughs> Perfectly acceptable in a tavern. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mark Sanchez. That's man. The butt fumble was so good. We, we got him for two things: talking about porn on TV and the butt fumble. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, he was 
He was supposed to be the man. No, he was not the man. Anyway, Baltimore beats New England 37-26. I like Lamar Jackson a lot. He's still pretty good. Cincinnati beats the New York Jets. No one's surprised there. Philadelphia. Matt, when did Philadelphia get good? Was I asleep? Uh, no, they're, they're just solid. You know, they were solid last year. They, were, they weren't dreadful last year. Jalen Hurts is taking a nice step forward. You know, he was he was the kind of guy that wouldn't make really bad mistakes last year, but wasn't going to put you over the top to win games. This year, he's been playing good enough to win you some games. Their defense is, is solid. Uh, the addition of A.J. Brown, I think, is, is just massive for that offense. Uh, Devontae Smith's pretty good, but A.J. Brown is is – a top tier wide receiver and, and adding that to any offense picks them up, I guess, except for the Raiders, but right. Whatever. Carolina defeats new Orleans. Good home win for Carolina. They're one and two after winning 22, 14 over new Orleans. Jameis Winston is having a Jameis Winston kind of season folks, uh, 353 yards passing and two interceptions for Winston. Baker Mayfield outdoes all duels him by going 12 25 <laughs> for 170 yards uh, and a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey was over 100 yards rushing in that game. Uh, New Orleans, all 14 of their points come in the uh, come in the fourth quarter. And- Did you see Jameis Winston's quote about like ankles? Uh, wrists are arm ankles and knees are leg elbows and your hips are your leg shoulders. We got to get this guy a podcast. Oh my God. He's incredible. He's always saying something <laughs> completely insane, but I was, I was listening to him and I was like, hey, you know what? I think he, he might be right. This guy, they are kind of like wrists are kind of like, that's arm, like a, that's ankles. like a Mitch Hedberg routine. I don't know if that's a bit anywhere. Like, hmm, like do all that. Right. Yes. You can just hear that, like in a sort of a that that Mitch Hedberg like Minnesota accent. Like the the wrists are the ankles of the arms. <laughs> it's like, huh? Okay. Oh, okay. I, I can't tell if this is dumb or smart. Yeah. It's let such me, a absurd. Let me run thing. out. Let me run out and buy a bong. And I'll get back <laughs> to you on whether or not that's a, that's insightful or not. I'll catch up. Yeah. Uh, Jacksonville knocks the crap out of the Los Angeles Chargers. 38-10. That's a road win for Jacksonville and a real good one. Like that for the uh, like that for the Jaguars. Like that for Trevor Lawrence, who goes 28 of 39 for 262 and three touchdowns. I don't know if Justin Herbert is feeling great right now, but uh He's pretty well in that game too. Touchdown and interception for 297. But uh, what about a hundred yard rushing game for Robinson on Jacksonville? Just a, a night. Nice to see a little signs of life from Jacksonville with James Robinson getting a lot of carries and uh, Trevor Lawrence looking comfortable. Yeah. James Robinson coming back off the, the torn Achilles and looking as good as new. Uh, I mean, he he's been great so far this year. You know, Justin Herbert's playing through like broken ribs right now, Ugh. and then yeah. I think I think Rashawn Slater, there, one of their tackles, just went down as well. Like you're you're losing protection, and you've already got broken ribs. That's that's a recipe for disaster for for Justin Herbert. Los Angeles, 
the other the other Los Angeles team is the Rams defeat the Arizona Cardinals 20 to 12. Uh, the Rams are doing exactly what we what uh, they need to in the early going, and the Cardinals are the Cardinals. Yep. Los Angeles two and one, Arizona one and two. Kyler Murray fifty eight pass attempts in that game. Uh, Arizona might want to try doing literally anything else once or twice. Yeah, n- nobody threw a touchdown. Uh, this whole game, Stafford twenty five attempts, no touchdowns. Kyler Murray, 58 attempts, no touchdowns. Uh, you know, it's it's James Conner hurt his his ankle last week. So I, I don't blame them for not running the ball a ton when your your next best op- best option is like Eno Benjamin. Yeah, maybe, maybe put it in Kyler Murray's hands, but man, 58 times is is too much. Too many. Too much. You're not even really trying to act like you're gonna run it a little bit. Atlanta gets a road win up in Seattle, 27 to 23. Don't care. No. Denver beats San Francisco in the Sunday night game, uh, 11 to 10. The less we talk about that game, the better. What is going on with Russell Wilson in Denver? Big, big picture question. What is happening there? Because he, he looked for like two or three plays from scrimmage like Russell Wilson. And the rest of the time, he does not. I don't. I don't. I don't really know, you know, like I like a lot of the guys in this Broncos team. Harlan I like Sutton's good. I can't Jerry say that Judy's I like good. Russell Wilson, but like I have a deep and abiding respect for his ability to win games. Oh, yeah. And, I you know, hate he, him. he won this one, but all the same, like he does not look the same. No, I, I hate him with a burning and visceral passion that uh, runs deep in my bone. No, I, I think Russell Wilson's fine. He's kind of a corny dude, but. That's all right. And he's a he's been a damn good quarterback pretty much his whole career from day one. He was he was he was good out of the gate as a rookie. He beat out uh, Packers legend Matt Flynn for the job up there in Seattle as a as a rookie coming out of Wisconsin. Where yeah, was he coming? He was coming out of Wisconsin, right? Yes, he was. He transferred to Wisconsin and then came out of the draft from Wisconsin. Um man, no, he I don't know what's going on. I I haven't watched enough of the Broncos games. They've kind of been in my uh, background noise or red zone mm-hmm. viewing schedule so far this year. Um, but I, people are not speaking highly about uh, about the former Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. I'll say that much. Yeah, there's there's already been some controversy about what on earth Nathaniel Hackett is doing. That seems to be sort of a, a weekly a weekly thing. For the San Francisco, they're back to Jimmy Garoppolo as uh, as their guy because uh, Lance is out for quite a while. That that sucks for them. Nothing against Garoppolo because he's a sort of a Chicago land guy, and, and I've I've never had anything particularly against him as a player. But yeah, I don't know that he's the man for San Francisco. I expect him to see him coming off the bench probably for the rest of his career. And Dallas beats the New York Giants twenty three to sixteen. Cooper Rush, I might have a, I might have a player in Texas with uh, Cooper Rush, and uh, helps when you get a get a hundred yards rushing effort out of Pollard. But uh, uh, Lamb with eight catches for eighty seven yards. CD Lamb is uh, is pretty good. Uh, the Cowboys uh, with uh, with old fat Mike McCarthy, they're they've never been terrible down there. They'll they'll spend to make sure they're not. This is another year where they're going to hang around. Yeah, they're going to put up points. That's for sure. Even if Cooper Rush is, is playing quarterback, I mean, 
105 yards for Tony Pollard, 73 yards and a touchdown for Ezekiel Elliott. You, you get 176 yards on the ground. You can you can do a lot of things in the passing game. That's going to open some things up, especially against the Giants defense that's just playing not very good. That's the that's the NFL for this week. We're going to get going into week four on Thursday night, Miami at Cincinnati. I'm going to have uh, as many eyeballs as I can on that one because that promises to be uh, be an early season highlight. And then, yeah, Packers versus the New England Patriots on Sunday. We'll be back to talk about that one. Uh, we've Yeah, we've kind of wrapped it up for uh, for this week. Packers hang on for a, uh, a gutsy win. And I tell you what, man, when you get down to the end of the season, when you get down to like who's going to win the NFC North, little bullshit wins like that really factor in. They really, really help because – that's a team that just escaped a trip to Florida. And this team has just has like under under the LaFleur timeline been so bad, especially on on the coasts and especially in like hot weather games and especially in big games. And to see them go down to Tampa Bay and just win ugly because the losses have been ugly in, in some of those situations. A good ugly win for for a veteran team is nice because. I think I think one of the things that happens on these teams like the Packers where uh, you know a lot of the guys up top are veteran guys, your high paid guys or guys who've been around forever like Rodgers and Cobb and Bakhtiari is that it becomes a day at the office and there's no business like wins in the NFL. That's a that's a blood sweat and, and mud kind of league. It's a, just a it's a blood sweat and mud kind of sport. So getting down there and just getting in a a fight with a big mean big mean Tampa Bay team when it's way too hot to be doing anything outside, let alone playing football. I think the Packers are going to like that when it gets into November, December, January. Yeah. That type of win is what the Packers couldn't muster in the playoffs last year. I mean, that's the playoff game. Yep. Almost, almost to a T. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. That we, we don't see those very often. From the Packers. Normally a game where they score 14 points, they're not going to win. And pretty, pretty darn impressive. You know, I think I said last week that this one has to be decisive for me to be really on the train of, of this is Super Bowl team. This is, this is almost as helpful as the decisive win because this is just such good situational stuff. You know the defense was was terrific on third downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes up big when it matters most. Special teams play pretty darn close to flawless, or as flawless as we've seen Packer special teams play in the last I don't know a decade. Uh, and, and you get a good productive productive game out of a wide receiver that needs to be a huge part of your scheme this season. Yeah, this is this is. This is early season stuff. This is not determining seeding right now, but that tiebreaker is important as the season gets going. And, and man, getting Romeo Dobbs some touches, getting him worked into the offense, and, you know, figuring out what works with the defense with Jair Alexander out. He doesn't play most of this game. He's got the groin injury. He leaves, I think, on the first drive. Never returns. Yeah, that... That's as impressive of a win as we can see from the defensive side, and I think you just have to trust that the Packers are going to get the the offense going. 
That's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland for week number three of the regular season. Thanks so much for tuning in. For Matt, I'm Mike. We'll be back next week to talk about Packers Patriots. And until then, Matt, what will we tell them? Stay cheesy, baby. That is what we tell them. Yeah.